what God is doing. And I'll just say, I had my sermon all lined up and ready to go. And God changed my mind. And I was, I was telling somebody, I said, when you have holidays and different things, you have opportunities to preach during them holidays. You can tie that into a sermon with the scripture pretty easy. And freedom is one that's easy to do. I wasn't doing that. I was preaching about rivers of water coming out of our bellies. That was my sermon today. Driving home yesterday and the Lord began to deal with me. I was listening to some preaching and, and not once did they mention freedom. And God started dealing with me and said, you need to preach on freedom tomorrow. I was like, God, everybody's going to be preaching on freedom. I'm, I'm going to preach on something different tomorrow. He said, no, you're going to preach on freedom. Okay. I didn't argue. He started dropping things in my heart right away. I didn't argue. We're going to look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. The title of my sermon today is Freedom Reigns. If you'll stand with me for the reading of the word. We're not going to be here very long. I'm going to give you what God gave me. I will tell you tonight, there will be no Facebook Live, no church tonight to watch. And um, just wanted to give you a reminder of that tonight. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. It said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, it's one verse today, but it's anointed. And I thank you. There's so much to glean from this, Father. Lord, I ask you today to hide me behind the shadow of the cross. I ask you, Lord, to open our eyes and our ears to hear and to see what you have to say to us. I ask you, Lord, to move on our spirit, man, today. Anoint us, Father, as we present your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. In July of 1776, during the American Revolution, a legal separation of the 13 colonies of Great Britain, from Great Britain, happened when the Second Continental Congress voted to approve a resolution of independence. We think of July 4th, 1776. How many remember, how many remember in the 1976? They did the commemorative everything, from cups and plates, shirts and everything. But we think of the 4th of July in 1776 as the day that represents the Declaration of Independence and the birth of the United States of America as an independent nation. Do we agree on that? I know we have a lot out today. I know this is a holiday. But you know what? Good things come in small packages. So even though we may be short in number today, we can be loud. God give us mouths. He give us hand. We can be loud. Help, help me. We're, we're even going to be shorter if you'll help me, okay? I already did my spit and I just seen it fly. So we're, we're on our way already. We celebrate... American Independence Day on the 4th of July every year. This weekend, and in particular yesterday, we celebrated freedom. We celebrated the 4th of July. A lot of people celebrated that freedom in a lot of different ways. Barbecue feasts were set out for friends and family to enjoy. Lakes, swimming pools, parks were full all across the nation. Fireworks were set off all over the country. And all that's fine, all that's well, all that's good. 
I enjoy all things. Matter of fact, on my way home, I stopped at a barbecue restaurant. I couldn't cook out, so I just got me some barbecue yesterday. Just seems to go with the 4th of July. If you're a Christian in this house today, you understand that we celebrate freedom every day in Christ. Fourth of July is celebrated once a year. We celebrate that freedom every day. Every day in Christ. Hallelujah. Freedom to worship God and to serve our God in the manner we feel worthy of our God. Amen. Sometimes we come in and we don't really reflect what he's did for us. We give him a, a patty cake, a, a little short prayer, and we're on our way home. We don't really give him the praise that he deserves. But you know what? We have the freedom to give him whatever we want to give him. We have that freedom in God through our salvation. Through God's salvation plan, we're free from sin. Hallelujah. Free from sin. We have freedom to worship in spirit and in truth. My worship may not look like your worship. But in Christ, we have the freedom to worship him in our own way. Some may laugh. Some may cry like I do. I don't know why. Sometimes I say, man, I wish I wouldn't cry so much. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the spirit I feel when he comes over me. Would not trade it for the world. But we have the freedom to worship God. When God saved me, he came into my life and freed me from the guilt and the shame of sin. I was a slave to sin. I had somebody asked me the other day, said, you've never been to the depths of sin I've been in. I said, it doesn't matter. I was guilty. I was shameful just like you are. I don't care if I was raised in a preacher's house. I didn't do everything that you did. I was in sin and I needed to be freed. I was a slave to sin and I needed that freedom through salvation. When God saved me, he came into my life and freed me from the guilt and the shame. I was a slave to sin. I was a slave to my flesh. I wanted to do what Drew wanted to do. What I didn't realize is Satan was the one that was influencing my thought pattern. He does. He influences. We can't blame everything on Satan. How many knows that? You can't blame everything on Satan. We do some of the things on our own. But I, I do want to, want to look at this. He influences what we're doing on our own. I thought it was all me and all the things I wanted to do, all the things I wanted to accomplish. I thought it was all me that wanted to sin against God. But I've come to realize that my enemy was having a great influence over me and what I thought was my thoughts and my ambitions was really an influence from Satan, the enemy. I heard somebody say, well, you're a doomsday preacher and you see a devil behind every bush. I heard my dad preach that all my life. Well, I believe there's a scripture that says he stands outside your door. <laughs> Satan is standing outside your door. He is waiting for you. He is trying to influence you. He is looking out, trying to kill, steal, and destroy from you. So we need to realize that. But I want to read New King James Version, Romans 7:15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. I like it in God's word translation. It says, I don't realize what I'm doing. I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do what I hate. That's what we do with our sin nature. That's what happens before we're saved. We keep doing things that we're not supposed to be doing. We know we want to do better. We want to do things right. And even after we're saved... We still battle that. Even though the freedom is there, you have to claim that freedom. You have to live in that freedom. You see, everything is not the enemy's fault. 
We do things that we don't want to do because we're being influenced by the enemy. He's the enemy of our soul, and many times we think it was our idea, but it was actually his idea that he planted in our mind. Everyone that's human in this room and watching on Facebook is still in the flesh. Can we agree on that? Is everybody in the flesh here? Okay. If, if you're not, and you think, well, Drew, I don't believe it, pinch yourself. Don't pinch somebody else. Pinch yourself and see if you're in the flesh. You'll definitely find out you're in the flesh because we're all in the flesh. And guess what? We all have a sin nature. Why? Let's go back to Genesis. It all started there. Adam and Eve was given something, and they give it away. All right? You were born into the sin, a sinful world. Sometimes we think we give our heart to the Lord and believe in God and the saving grace and mercy from God, and then we believe that we won't have any more problems. That's it. We got saved. We're done. We, we did it all. We, we have freedom. We got salvation. We have freedom. Can I tell you that getting saved is only the beginning? People think, well, that's the end all. I've did all these things, now I've come to Christ, and that is, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. You'll have to fight the enemy every day that you're alive in some way or some fashion. The Bible says that even to fight the good fight, right? 1 Timothy 6 and 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We have to fight the enemy on a daily basis. Some days it seems easier than others. Some days it seems extremely hard, especially when you're driving. I know I always talk about that. It just seems like that's when the devil wants to tempt me when I get behind that wheel. And I'm just like, God, you got to help me. You got to help me. It's got comical now because Shelly watches it and she said, They just passed you. So why'd they get in front of you and break it? I said, I, It's just another thing. I'm being tempted again. I'm just, I, I don't know. Our ideas get so twisted at times by the influence of the devil. And by the influence of this world. And guess what? We can stop that influence. We can't stop the devil from being here. We know he's here. We know what's going on. But you know what? We can accept that freedom in Christ. And you know what? It's not something that runs out. We can keep going back. When we get weary, we can go back to God and say, God, I need that freedom. I feel bound, bound up again. I feel like these things coming on again. God, I need that freedom. I need my spirit to be freed. I believe it's John that said that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Amen. Our enemy is good at twisting things around. He wants to tell us how bad we are, and we can never live for God. We can never live the standards Jesus commands us to live. Of course, we know that Jesus says, you know, if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. So there's no way we can always do that, right? When we stop striving to do that, when we stop striving to be like Jesus, we're in trouble. So we end up letting the enemy wear us down until we finally give in and say things like, it's too hard. It's easier just to live for the world. Doing evil things and living against the word of God, living against the commandments of God, it, that's the easier way out. And so, you know what? It, it, my freedom is really not, what we're really saying is our freedom's not worth fighting for. How I many you know freedom is, they say it's free. Freedom is not free. Freedom is not free. That's America, we had to fight, we had to win wars to have the freedoms that we have in your salvation, in your walk. Jesus paid the price, but you know what? You're going to have to fight to keep that freedom because the enemy of your soul is coming after you. 
Can I tell you that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the, dwell, from the dead dwells in you? Romans 8 and 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Again, a text in, in Galatians 5 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled this again. Do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. And the word liberty right there in the Greek is pronounced. Here we go, because it's like a big one, about 12 letters here. Eleutheria, okay, which means freedom. So when you're reading that scripture and you come across that liberty right there, it means freedom. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Stand fast, therefore, in the freedom by which Christ has made us free. You just wonder, well, what kind of freedom are you talking about? 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. Again, there is freedom. When Jesus comes into your life, you have freedom now in your spirit, in your soul. We're made free by Christ. And this refers to the freedom to live a holy life, evidencing faith in Christ and the cross. To be entangled again with the yoke of bondage would mean for us to abandon God and what Jesus did at the cross and guarantees bondage once again to the sin nature. We don't want to go back to slavery, do we? No. We were, we, and then so many times, you don't hear it like this anymore, that you were, you're a slave to sin. That's exactly what you are. You're a slave to sin if you're not living, uh, living for the Lord. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then walk or order your steps, is what one commentator said, in the spirit. We're talking about walking in the spirit here. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. One commentator said, this proves the existence of the sin nature in the believer. Well, that just seems contrary to it. No, it doesn't. The sin nature is in this world, and we all have it. The believer has the sin nature. But you know what? We have to die daily. Die daily to that sin nature. Die daily to the flesh. It declares the consciousness of a corrupt desire. The only way to not fulfill the lust of the flesh is for our faith to be placed exclusively in Jesus and the cross. Hallelujah. We have to place our faith in God. We had to place our trust in God. John 8, 36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You're absolutely free. There is freedom in Christ Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross that the world cannot give us and does not understand. They cannot understand. Until you come to know God, you cannot understand the freedom that a Christian has. So many times we see people who either doesn't recognize it or doesn't care that they're in slavery to sin. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. They don't mind being enslaved to it because you know what? They're getting some gratification out of it. But the man, woman, boy, and girl that has their eyes open to God and they've had enough of being controlled, enough of being a slave, they're ready for that freedom. They're ready to walk in freedom. It's that person that's been a slave that can truly appreciate freedom. When you're in bondage, you can't do anything without checking with your adversary. 
When you're in bondage, you can't do anything without checking with your enemy. Whoever's got you in bondage. If you're down here in the jail cell, you can't do anything without asking somebody, can I do this? Can I go to the bathroom? Can I go here? Can I go there? You're in bondage. Your accuser, your slave master has to give permission. On September 22nd, 1862, President Lincoln issued the preliminary Emancipation Proclamation. On January 1st, 1863, he made it official. The slaves within the state or designated part of a state in rebellion shall be then, thenceforward, and forever free. I've read stories and I've seen how slaves, they heard about uh, this freedom and how they were scared to move away from what they, some of them grew up, they, they grew up, they were born into, they grew up into it. And so they were scared to leave. When they heard about freedom, it, it was just a dream. They thought, oh, I, this can't be true. And they stayed a slave for more years. I, I read one story where it was at least two years where a group, a family, stayed in slavery because they were scared of taking their freedom. We can't be scared of what God wants us to do. We got to take that next step. We have to have salvation. We have salvation is freedom, but there's freedom to walk out our daily lives, and we've got to step into that with God. I'm sure slaves were fearful for their lives. If they walked off from the former slave master, I'm sure that's the reason why some stayed. They were afraid of the consequences, but I believe that our enemy uses the same tactics on us. How can we have freedom? I'm scared I can't make it as a Christian. I'm scared something's going to happen to me. I, you know, I've tried this before, and it didn't work out just the way I thought it would be. This is just a trick. Jesus can't be real. God doesn't love me. It's too good to be true. That's not the case. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 16 through 34, uh, do, you, do you remember this story right here? Some of you, when I quoted the scripture, you're going you're gonna to know it. This is truly the dynamic duo. I had boys, and they all liked Batman, and the dynamic duo of Batman and Robin. Paul and Silas was the original duo right here. All right? Dynamic duo. They're going about the Father's business. They're lifting up the name of Jesus. They met up with a lady that was demon-possessed. I mean, remember the story now. You remember the story that she's going around. She keeps yelling for many days, the Bible says. She kept proclaiming, hey, these guys are preaching the word of God, until finally Paul got sick of it. And you know what? Paul didn't have to get her down on the ground, slap some oil on her. He didn't do any of these things. My Bible says he turned around and told her, said, in the name of Jesus. And he brought freedom to that woman in the name of Jesus. Amen? Paul said, evil spirit, get out of here. And a hornet's nest. He didn't know what he was getting into right there when he said it. He was sick of something going on. And he got him and Silas in a hornet's nest, stirred up, stirred up a hornet's nest. So no longer could this woman, I heard somebody say, prophesy, because she was telling the future. She couldn't do this. She couldn't make money for her master. Her master became really hot and bothered about this. And they made a big stink. They took him to the uh, courtyard, started telling him what was going on. Make a long story short, they were thrown into jail. Instead of saying things like, how could this happen to me or... Uh, is this the thanks we get for working for God? The Bible says at midnight. At midnight. Now, we have something go wrong. First thing we want to say is, well, the devil's been on my back. He's been riding me over and over and over. 
They could have been saying, I hate the food in this jail, the smell, the furniture, the company. These guys are terrible in here. The lighting, the guards, the decor, the sound system, the chaplain in the jail. He's terrible. He doesn't know the word. They found freedom in their praise. At midnight, they begin to praise the Lord. They begin to sing songs. Sing hymns is what the word says. And they found freedom in their praise to God. They didn't forget that God was worthy no matter what their circumstances were. They went ahead and praised him. Even when they were in a bad circumstance themselves, they began to praise him. They didn't hold back the praises that God deserved. The old song says, there's freedom in worship. There's freedom in praise. There's freedom to lift up holy hands and magnify God's name. If you have that freedom on the inside, you can let it out to the outside. You can let it out to your extremities. You can let it out through your hands, through your mouth, and let the Lord know that he is worthy of these praise and sing worship and praise from our heart. That's the freedom that Paul and Silas had there. And guess what happened when they did that? An earthquake. An earthquake. It set on free without harm in his soul, and the jailer and his family came to Christ. The jailer asked for torches and rushed into the jail. He was trembling, and he knelt in front of Paul and Silas. Then he took Paul and Silas outside and said, Sirs, what do I have to do to be saved? He had just seen an incredible miracle, didn't understand exactly what he had just seen, about to kill himself. And Paul told him, said, No, don't kill yourself. We're all still here. But now he's asking them, said, what do I have to do to be saved? They told him, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. I believe the King James Version says, and your house and your family. When you're in need of freedom, don't hold back. When you're in need of freedom, don't hold back. The devil, one of the tactics he uses, he wants to tie us up, tie our mouths up, and, and that's the biggest mistake he made with Paul and Silas. He should have tied their mouth up, but he didn't do it. But we have that freedom. We can have that freedom when we don't hold back and give it all to God. Psalms 151 says, praise you the Lord. Praise God in this sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts and praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psalter and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance and praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him with the loud cymbals and praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. We need to praise the Lord. Would you stand with me? Shelly, would you come back? There's freedom in praise. There's freedom in worship. We have freedom in God. Guess what? There's freedom from depression. There's freedom from worry. There's freedom from fear. Freedom from anxiety. Freedom from doubt. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from oppression. Freedom from health issues. Freedom from financial issues. Freedom from emotional issues. Freedom from anger. And there's also freedom through forgiveness.